everybody, and welcome to another exciting adventure in casual gamer society. I'm your DM, your host, your whatever. Uh, my name is John, and with me I got Dave. That's me. That's the him. Dave, the, Dave diver. the diver. We were just talking about that earlier today. That that that, we that is names aside, because like, haha has a its name. You share a name <laughs> with it. But names aside, that game, I saw a review of it, and it looks like pretty much everything that you would be into. Like, yeah, has, I, a, has, has a fishing sim, uh, restaurant management sim, boss battles with sea creatures. Yeah, there, there's a lot that I've seen a little bit of play, and I know this is not how we normally start an episode, but we're going no. to. Um, I did see a little bit of gameplay. I was watching Jacksepticeye's girlfriend, Gab Smolders. I was watching her play it just a little bit. And maybe there might be just too much underwater stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, for fans of other shows that we do together, um, uh, you probably, they would already know that you, you, you kind of got a thing about, uh, deep water. I do. I do. I, I've self-diagnosed myself with thalassophobia, so the fear of large bodies of water. I don't mm -hmm. know if it gets more specific as, like, I'm actually probably more terrified of what's in the water than mm -hmm. actually the water itself, but, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, but so it does have look great. Have you ever been to the ocean, Dave? Yeah, 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 multiple times. Um, no issues. I didn't cry. Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't, like, choose to, this is what we're going to do. I was either pulled along by my parents or oh. uh, now uh, as a husband and father by my wife and kids that are like, dad, <laughs> we have to go to the ocean. And I'm like, I hate life, but there's sand. But yeah, I, I don't get okay. in. It's like waist deep and that's it. So you you uh, you have tuned into another exciting episode of exploring Dave's psyche <laughs> only because John won't go there himself. With his own what? psyche. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm an, look, we're, this is going to like spin off into its own show with like, what's wrong with Dave? That's kind of, what bro. If, if you want to go into what <laughs> I have, I have, I have, I have, I have stated many times, several things that's wrong with John. So let's not <laughs> pretend like, <laughs> but we're not here I to talk about my emotional true. trauma. <laughs> let's talk that's about true. video games uh what are what have you been playing lately dave uh so i've i haven't had a ton of time to play but uh this week i did happen to take some time off from work and i have really been digging into a game that is currently only on steam is called project zomboid uh it's kind of like let me guess there's zombies in it absolutely it is a very <laughs> difficult game to play just vanilla uh, like uh they they really don't expect you to last for more than a couple of in-game days and uh it's really tough but i've really gotten into like the modding community like seeing what they have and that's opened it up but the the idea is like surviving as long as you can in a zombie apocalypse like you start on day one and you're the only human left that you know of so uh i've been digging into that over the last couple days so it's been a lot of fun. So like what kind of game is it? Is it like oh, yeah. 
a man a resource management game or yeah it's um it's largely resource management and in those resources like making sure that you're eating and drinking and exercising and it sounds like a lot of work i'm not doing it justice but if you look it up on youtube like there are some people that are just amazing at it but there's a lot of like strategy there's combat but like they you want to be limited on combat because if you get bit or scratched you have to like start managing the the medical side of things and if you get in a car and make too much noise you're going to get swarmed by zombies uh it's i don't know it's one of those like hits the dopamine just right for me and i have not gotcha. been able to step away from my computer much sounds to, like sounds kind of like don't starve with zombies yeah kind of kind of um i also love it because it's it's very open world like they have different maps mm -hmm. but it's very open world and you know if you like if you like kind of that not really role play concept but if you love like base building and things like that you definitely can do that and you know trying to find you know like a sledgehammer is like a really hard item to find in the game but it's also like one of those things that you need if you're going to base build and things like that. It, like I said, it's, it's hard to describe for me, but it's definitely resource management heavy, but crafting heavy things like that. Um, but it's just so much fun. Cool. Cool. Well, lately I've been pulling the Dave card again and I've got two games going at the moment. <laughs> uh, uh, on my switch, I am in the middle of a run of guacamole. You ever, you ever dove into that game? I did play it a little bit, not not too much. I I blame our fearless leader. I blame <laughs> our fearless leader Dallas Mora for getting me into Metroidvania games. Like up up until recently, I've never, especially with the Castlevania games. You think I'd be into the Castlevania games, but mm -hmm. it's something about them that just mm, no. But I get that the ones that lean a little bit more on the Metroid side of the Metroidvania. Um, mm -hmm. It's just like the constant exploration and gearing up and then backtracking to go to new places you couldn't get to before and stuff like that. It's just, it hits a sweet spot for me. And then you add the absolute ludicrousness of guacamole to it and the complete meme heavy gameplay. Yeah. Of it. And I'm just that like, is the oh. one thing I kind of remember about that game. Um, I, I think I bought it or got it for free on steam or something. That's how I've played it. So I haven't really played it much, but it, I recommend it for switch. It, it's not, it's not a game that you really need want to play it on serious hardware. Like if you're playing it on a PC <laughs> or, or on a PlayStation or an Xbox, I think it's kind of an, I think it's kind of using a, uh, using an elephant gun to kill a housefly situation in those, <laughs> in those play kind of things. But yeah. Uh, you know, playing it handheld on my switch has it, it, it it's the right combination to be like, very pick up and play they're like there's just there's a there's a definite story to it mm -hmm. but it's not so serious where you have to play it constantly yeah not not like the other game i'm playing which is outcry <laughs> uh, far cry 6 have yeah, you played any I of the far cry games uh yeah i actually i played and beat the one that you played about five minutes ago far cry 5 <laughs> yeah okay so I Let's dive into so, your psyche, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't talk about Far Cry 5 without talking about my emotional damage. So thanks for bringing that up, Dave. That's 
Uh, uh, you brought it up. <laughs> this is true. Um, Far Cry Five elicited a very visceral response for me. I it, it's free on the uh, PlayStation Plus catalog, so I picked it up because I was curious about it. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, I came from a church background where one of my previous pastors was uh, spiritually abusive and manipulative, and I have issues because of it. And as soon as I and Far Cry Five is all about the leader, is all about a religious cult, and you're basically taking trying to take down the leader of this religious cult. And there were some things in there. It gave me flashbacks. I had visceral responses. And like five minutes into it, I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Don't want any of this. Yeah. Um, I, I can Far, get I Far, can see that. Far Cry 6, however, is more like a veiled narrative about trying to liberate Cuba. I mean, it's not about right. Cuba. It's a it, it's a Yara, a fictitious uh, Caribbean island that is run by a charismatic dictator. But I mean, we all know <laughs> they're talking about right. Cuba. Right, right, for sure. So, uh, and so far it's really good. And can I just say the soundtrack is just so good. Nice. Like nice. chef kiss level. Cause it, they incorporate a lot of the uh, Latino sound, you know, um, a lot nice. of salsa and mambo and stuff like that. It, like, I don't know if you ever heard the soundtrack to the second Kill Bill movie where it has a uh, lot of that flamenco influence on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time since I watched that. Oh, dude, it, it is so like that. And I am so here for it. So super good. I recommend it. Um, It's also one of the few Far Cry games that doesn't have any of the uh, sexual connotations or nudity in it. Uh, hmm. So I didn't know I... that was a yeah that's the reason why i didn't play any up until five is because they all had like either nudity or hmm. sexual content so i'm like mm, don't want it yeah. i I've, I've have a couple of them like i've gotten them like dirt cheap on you know whether it's i think far cry 3 on playstation nope. wasn't kevin or... spacey the bad guy in far cry 3 i i can't remember i i think i've i bought them because they're like you know three to five dollars They've mm -hmm. just been sitting on a console hard drive for years. I am, I almost wonder if that's been retro. Um, I don't know. Retro edited to take Kevin Spacey out and replace him with a generic character model because, uh, cause I thought Kevin Spacey was the bad guy in that game. Yeah. I'd, I don't remember. I didn't think so, but I could be wrong. Yeah. But I know he was um, the bad guy in some game. I don't remember. He's a bad guy in a lot of stuff and in real life. Well, he's a bad guy in real life. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Just Far Cry 5 is it's it was a blast for me. Um, it mm -hmm. really it sucks that you couldn't like get through that. But I totally understand. Um, but I will just say that it is a really good one if you're going to start. And that stuff does. Mm -hmm. For sure. And if it does bother you, just go on to number six. And oh, by the way, number six on a PS5 with the PS5 yeah. version of the game could possibly be the most beautiful game I've ever played. Yeah, I've, Especially... I've seen some some like some gameplay. I don't know if it's been from PS5, but it looks great, especially like with like I'm I'm all about like 
the rendering of water graphics, like what water looks like on the screen. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. Like there was <laughs> there was one part where I had to drive this motorboat from one island to another, and the way that the sound was working and the water the water rendering and the waves and the boat and it brought in my brought out my inner fin and i'm just like (laughs) oh i'm at home yeah (laughs) yeah well speaking of water and your fear of the deep yeah uh let's go into our main topic which is shocking to me but we'll put a little (laughs) space in here for a for an imaginary bumper and then see you on the other side of it all right so today's episode we are talking about a little indie game that I ran into earlier this year. I have dubbed it a Chillcraft game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Dredge. And then I re- proceeded to recommend it to everybody I know. And Dave, of all people, with his <laughs> disdain for all things wet and deep, uh, <laughs> picked it up. And that, I did. like, what, what, possessed you to do that man so obviously this is not a game that i would have ever picked up unless i had a direct recommendation from somebody um i had i watch a lot of youtube a lot of watch of i watch a lot of you know gamers and things like that and i had i had seen it kind of trending through a few different gamers that i watched and i i watched like maybe the first 10 15 minutes of somebody playing it and i was like i really dig this art style i didn't know anything else about the game and then john comes up and he's like dude this game it's amazing (sighs) okay so i look it up and decent price on the switch why not i don't have anything i'm playing right now that i'm dedicated to and i don't know but i fell in love with this game um i i only Almost soiled my pants maybe twice, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll get into that as we keep talking about it. For sure. And, and I, I've said this in side chats, but I'm going to put it out in front of everybody because everyone's going to be like, John, you're a big jerk. You know, Dave doesn't like deep water. Why are you throwing that out at him? I like, I'll tell everybody out there. Like I told Dave, I forget about these things. Like I it's just right. see, I just see fun game. I want my boy Dave to play it. So that's, that's, that's right. about as much thought as it goes into it. But <laughs> um, yeah, man, like, okay. So why do we call it a chill craft game? That's probably the first thing like everybody's asking. Yeah. And ultimately, ultimately what it comes down to is like, y'all know what a chill game is, right? Speaking to the audience, like it, it you know, everybody's got their game to chill out to, you know, you got your animal planets or your stardew valleys or whatnot. This game is basically, it's, it's a fishing simulator. You know, you're, you're driving a boat around and you go fishing and that's mm-hmm. really the core mechanic of the game. You catch fish to get money to pay off debt. And once your debt's paid off, you upgrade your boat so you can ca- go out to deeper water and catch bigger fish to get more money to upgrade your boat to go out into deeper water to catch more fish. Yeah. And that's the progression loop right there. It, it's it's the repetitive motion that is like super chill. Yeah. But the twist on it, and this is what hooked me into it, pun not intended, um, 
is that they incorporate a lot of Lovecraftian elements into the day-night cycle. Uh, there is a day-night cycle in this game, and there is a lot of spoopy. I won't. I won't. I. I, I will say spoopy. That's with two P's, uh, because I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily say that there was any part in this game that I found to be sp- particularly scary. I mean, it it, it hmm. set kind of a spooky ambiance, but there was no point. Like everybody remembers the first time they played the first Resident Evil game. And they're going through that hallway and the dog jumps through the window and makes you drop the (laughs) controller and scream for a moment. Like everybody remembers that there was no moment like that in this game. This this game is all about ambiance and atmosphere, at least for me. Did you have a different experience with it? You're giving me that Dave look like. "Eh." (laughs) So I I've played a lot of chill games. I've played a lot of open world games. And so I have this knack for, I got to explore. What are the boundaries? Oh, there's a map. This map has a dotted line that that is the obvious boundary. So I decided one day, let's, uh, let's go out. Let's go out as far as we can go out. Um, now just to kind of, it's not really a spoiler, but it's something you should know. Like, uh, it, during the night part of the day night cycle, um, the longer you're out, the more insane you go, you start to lose sanity, you start to see things, whatnot. So I was going to brave it. I was like, I don't care. I've got speed boost on my boat. I'm going to go. So I head out toward the boundary line. And the whole time I'm checking the map, how am I doing? How am I doing? I cross the line and I keep going and I keep going. And you know that like little like feeling on the back of your neck where you're like, something has to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Well, I'm I played Dredge a lot right before bed, which is really great for the imagination and dream time. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, my my wife had fallen asleep and I'd been playing it for at least an hour at this point. And I'm not going to say what happened, but something happened that terrified me to a point where I about threw my switch across the room and had to figure out how I need, I was going to get a new one. Um I, <laughs> So this is my uh, first time hearing the story, everybody. So, yeah. So uh, I highly encourage you to explore uh, and go past the boundary line. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a good time. I I will say I never did that. I, I like maybe I'm weird, but I'm a good when it comes to when it comes to games. I'm the good boy who likes to play within <laughs> the rule set. So once I understood the mechanics and I was like, OK, sure. Then I was like, let's try it. Of course, at this point, like I had only ever saved like because there's not really any dying in this game. So I was like, I don't have anything to worry about. So Mm -hmm. I tried it and boy, did I try it. (laughs) So now the listeners at home may be wondering, you know, oh, so it's a fishing game that has Mm -hmm. spooky atmosphere to it. Like, so like. Uh, the first question is why is John playing it? Cause John's about games with narrative. Um, and there is a, de- a, a definite narrative granted. It's a little bit more subtextual than the games that I would normally play. But if you, if you're paying attention to what people are saying and certain dialogue that happens when you interact with people, there is a definitive narrative that's happening. And there, there is an end game. 
And I promise you, everybody will get the end of the game wrong the first time you play it. <laughs> like there's there's a choice that you have to make at the end of the game, and you don't even know that there's a choice unless you're paying more attention than you should be. Yeah. Um. So, but it's fine because it, it saves right before you have to make that choice, so you can make a different choice if you choose. Right. Um. So I have to ask: Did you? Did you play with the Blackstone Key DLC or did you just play straight Dredge? Uh, okay, so for the listeners at home, there is a DLC. There is there is actually a bundle you can get on the on the Switch. I don't know if it's on the other consoles. I don't know if this game is on the other consoles. I didn't care to look. But uh yeah, it is. On, it, on the Switch on everything. Okay. Well, on the Switch, I can tell you for certain there is a bundle that comes with the the Blackstone Shed Key which allows you to enter into a shed on the Blackstone Island. Um, and that's all it is. It, it just basically gives you some items for your boat. It's your, it's basically, it's, it's basically your way of giving, putting a little bit more money in the pocket of the, uh, of the developers, which I was happy to do after playing this game. Uh, but I did buy the bundle right off the bat because I wanted everything. Cause I was so enamored by the previews that I had been watching and the reviews that I was seeing. Um, and I didn't know that that's all it was. I thought it was going to be extra gameplay. Uh, yeah, but it, it gives you some items for your boat, uh, some stuff to make your boat faster, etc., and so forth. So yes, I did play it with that, with that bundle. And yeah, I would that recommend was my question. Cause I, I didn't, I bought the bundle and I didn't know what the difference was in gameplay. If there was mm. any, and it sounds like there's not much, but it's definitely worth the extra couple dollars that you drop. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty cheap game anyway. Um, mm. But it's loads of fun. Like I still have to go back and actually I need to finish collecting a bunch of fish, but yeah, I, I, I will say whether or not you want the bundle is depends on what you're coming to the game for. If you want the grind, if you want the constant, you know, fishing element and, and grinding that out to upgrade your boat, don't get the bundle because if it's the actual, uh, if it's the actual fishing mini game and the inventory Tetris that you're into, then that that's going to kind of, uh, kind of, take you out of that a little bit um if you're more into the exploration and trying to suss out the narrative and the store and the there's a bunch of side arcs too i'm gonna throw that out there too like outside mm -hmm. of the main narrative there's a bunch of side arcs so uh you'll start discovering that and if that's what you're into i recommend the bundle because that's going to let you cover more ground and and discover more side arcs over a period of time um and to my understanding, there's supposed to be some more DLC coming in the future for this game as well, including more story, more mission and narrative bits cool. too. So I'm super excited for that. Um, so, you know, but getting back to whether or not to get the DLC, you know, it, it's all, it all comes down to what you want. If you want the grind, no. If you want the exploration, yes. Um, so is there, gosh, is there any more that we can really cover without spoiling anything. Cause you really don't want to spoil this game as far as the narrative is concerned, because the, sure. the, the more blank you go into it, the more entertained you're going to end up being. Yeah. It's definitely more enjoyable. That was the thing that I in, enjoyed about this. Like you had made mentions of the Lovecraftian thing. And 
and I was like, I, just firing it up. Like you kind of get like the, so I, I, I love the look of this game. Um, I just, I have to dote on that a little bit, but like the color palette is perfect. Um, it's very washed out. You kind it feels dirty. It feels gross, but in the best possible way, um, it sets the mood. It's so a beautiful well. shade of disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and, and the music as well, uh, is just, I had it stuck in my head and I don't anymore. Cause I've got the theme song for project zomboid in my head, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I loved the music in this game as well. Like it does so well to just put you in that mood of something's going on or something's going to happen. And I felt that, um, I guess not quite dread, but just this constant state of something's going to happen. Yes. Foreboding. That's a great word for it. And I think of that, um, but yeah, we definitely don't want to spoil the story because, um, it's enjoyable to start piecing that together where it it starts out and it feels very random. And then the more you start to put pieces together, like, Oh, so this is what's going on. Um, Inventory management. Yeah. Go, you, you go ahead with the character design because it feeds into uh, the artwork. Yeah. Uh, the, the character design in this game is fantastic. Like first thing that happens is you want, you're like driving a boat and you wash up on shore in this town. And the first person you meet is the mayor. And they basically are like, here's a boat. You can, or you can pay it off by buying fish and selling it back to us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, that's like the only hook you have at the beginning of it. And the more you interact with the town folk of these people that you're selling fish to, uh, everybody's just, a, just two degrees off center. Yeah. And it, it's just a little bit weird. And everybody's talking about, you don't want to go out at night. And the first yeah. time you're out at night, you're like, I don't want to be out here. And there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing particularly happening. It's just, right. This game sets the atmosphere so well so so well yeah um so that's a question i have uh how long did it take in game would you say before you were like i am gonna try and sail at night (sighs) i was a wuss bro (laughs) like i i did a lot during the day (laughs) i did a lot during the day and i was constantly coming Uh back by the end of the day to uh make sure my guy slept yeah um, because that was spooky so um <laughs> probably not until i was like over at the second island yeah okay i was gonna say i think i think i had probably put in now mind you like the day night cycle is actually pretty short uh, i don't know what the actual like length of time it is but i'd say you're probably looking at maybe a half hour total maybe depending mm-hmm. on what your your boat is like um but i think i was into like it's hard to it's hard to say what the day night cycle is because you lose track of time playing this game yes which again another layer of that lovecraftian weirdness that i will just say it's taken me a long time to fully have like i was getting call of cthulhu vibes you know which Mm -hmm. was good but like there's just those weird like reverberations of like I felt this foreboding before and now mm-hmm. I understand why I understand Lovecraftian horror. And it's not really like horror. It, it's just, it's just that layer, that thin layer of something's going to happen. I, 
I don't know what, and I don't know when, but I, I'm ready for it, but I'm not ready for it. Like that, that was the game. So I think I got probably 20 in-game days in before I was like, what happens if I go out at night? <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I was, I was just curious. Cause I think I might've actually misread it as you can't like you would be forced to uh-huh. go back or something. And I was like, I'm just, when it starts getting dark out, I'll just go right, go right home. I, I'm good with that. I got so that was sell. that was where Dave was the good boy and was following the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you you were talking about Resident Evil, and that's yet another game I still have to play. Um, I'm playing Resident Evil Two Remake. Mm, good um, game. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, but the inventory management for Dredge is very similar to that, where it is very, like John said earlier, Tetrisy. Uh, you know, you have certain fish and things that you catch that only fit in certain, you know, it's like a three block that's in the shape of an L and you have to figure out how to cram as much into your boat as possible to make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that was the most satisfying chef's kiss. Just oh, perfect. I loved it. I, I love Tetris. And then they're like, here, organize this stuff so it looks good so you can pack more into it and then we'll make then you get in-game money and i'm like cool i'll do this all day <laughs> um but taking it back to my other point though uh you will lose track of time while you're playing this game and i'm not talking about in-game time i'm talking about real life time there were several times where i was playing this game i thought i had only played it for an hour i'd look up and the sun was down and <laughs> it was 11 o'clock at night and i'm like where did my time go yeah. <laughs> so, Wait, we have a game. Um, I. <laughs> it's just like, well, I guess I'll just play some more. Uh, yeah. and, and 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 it is again without intending to have a pun in this. Like this game will get get its hooks into you, and and if if it's not the mechanics of the game with the with the inventory Tetris or the 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 fishing mini game is fantastic too. It, it's addictive because. It's all about pushing a button at the right time when the meter mm-hmm. says to push the button. Um, so the the repetitiveness of those games is addictive. The product the productiveness of making the money is addictive. And then the mysteries. There's so many mysteries, and it's just like I need to know. I need to know. And yeah. you always feel like you're on the cusp of breaking this this mystery open. And the moment you do, you discover a new one. So it mm-hmm. it, it it's it's very much just bringing you through like it's a very satisfying game to play if i if i if i was if i was to put it in a word that would be it It would be satisfying yeah and i i think i think if somebody just looked at i don't know i I never watched a trailer for it but if you catch just a little bit of the game you're just kind of like okay i think this is i think it's gonna be a very underrated game that was like okay it was popular with some youtube gamers for a little while and then it kind of fell off but it's one of those games that like when i asked john i was like so what are we talking about for the show he's like dredge and i was like oh cool i love that game it's got to be like my one of my favorite games that i've played this year um yeah i i i think we're both in the same boat that we can't really recommend it enough um it's not gonna i guess maybe like there is a caveat like some people who are not into love lovecraftian stuff 
are probably not going to care for this game, but uh, depending on your sensitivities, you may be able to just kind of let that slide a little bit to really enjoy what the game has to offer. Absolutely. I, I have recommended this game to so many people and everybody who has taken me up on my recommendations come back to me and said, this great, this game is fantastic. I never heard about it or it didn't look like it would be as good as it is. And um, I guess to, to getting into our final rating of this game, because uh, I think we're kind of in that territory. I don't think we can really talk about much of anything else. Without right. <laughs> um, but getting into it, I, I can't recommend, like you said, I can't recommend this game enough, but in the same sense, I can't recommend this game in a way that would convey to you why it is so great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, It's like trying to, it's like trying to, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without sounding insensitive to somebody. It's like trying to explain to somebody what something smells like so they understand completely what the smell is without them smelling it themselves yeah you can see yeah. you can they'll never really know what it is until they experience it for themselves and that's kind of how this game is at least from my perspective and trying to I would explain to people why it's so great um so this is our first game review dave how how, how do we want to <laughs> how do we want to do our final ratings? Like how how do we want Ooh. how do we want to express it? Uh gee, I, I don't know. Let's do let let's let's use the standard standard buy, sell, rent, or don't bother. Okay. I mean, for me, this is an easy buy and buy it for somebody else. Like <laughs> that's like seriously, uh, it's like shell out twenty bucks for yourself and another twenty for a friend and easy buy. Th- and they'll thank you for it. Uh, same, same with me. This is a, this is a buy the, buy the uh, combo, and just do it and thank yeah. me later because I words cannot express how much I enjoyed this game. Like just talking about it, like I haven't played this. I finished this. It's had to have been at least four months for me. I think I finished about a month, month and a half ago. I can't remember because mm-hmm. I know I just. I felt like I just like busted through this game, but um, like oh, just I, I totally about poop it socked now, it. <laughs> yeah, just talking about this game though, that and I've got I've actually got the website pulled up in front of me because I was like, like, what does the art style look like? I remember it, but I don't. Um, but I'm just sitting here looking at it and talking about it, and I'm like, I want to go play this again. Like I know, brand new, I'm, I'm like, the same, brand new save, like. Just go and do it again. Or maybe I should just go and catch the rest of the fish. That I, need to is, I don't remember. Is there a new game plus for this? I don't think so. If I'm not oh, mistaken, um, at the uh, when you have to make your decision at the end of the game, that's where you always pick up. Oh. So you can always go and fish more. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, <sighs> I I have no more words. I just want to go play it now. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, so Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, We'll send it on over to one of our partners over in the Culture Box team. And uh, when we come back, we'll have a round or two of Ask a DM. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. 
point your web browser to culturebox.media. Crikey, looky there. <gasps> it's a rare tarcophibian. You rarely see such a... Ooh, oh, did you see that? Cracking glitz card, you just chow down that taco. But what does that even mean? It means that when you're done listening to Calm Talk, check out the Retro Rewind podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, please go check out whichever podcast aired on this episode. Uh, I am friends with most of the people in the Culture Box crew, and every podcast on there is worth checking out for sure. Um, so we have an enormous list of questions that came from a friend of the show, Catherine Zerwinski. Uh, all the questions we have left on, left on my list are from her. If you have a question that is tabletop role-playing related, please shoot us a message on the Geek Devotions Discord or on the Geek Devotions community uh, group on Facebook um, or shoot a message to Dallas or Celeste and they'll get that over to Dave or, or myself and we will answer, we'd love to answer that on the show. Uh, but the first question we have is, how do you run a game when your players may... Hmm, let me... Let me try this again, because reading am hard. Uh, how do you run a game when your players may all play the same, but they don't play in the style that you typically DM? All play the same. They don't play in the style. That like, say, for instance, if if you are a narrative-driven DM and you're all about RP and the the group interactions but you have a group of players that's that are like combat players that all they want oh, okay. is combat or vice versa or any other variation that you can come up with. If squid could just start writing questions in English for me to understand. Eh. She, okay. So I do <laughs> for those of you out there in listener land, I do another podcast with squid and Celeste called we read allegedly. And I can tell you squids into some very heavy, uh, literature so it doesn't shock me that she is overly smart with the way she presents her questions gross uh, <laughs> well, I, so at first i was like i can't answer that question but i can't answer that question because that is exactly how my home game works um, that's why i picked this question for you dave thanks man uh yeah so i as a player am very used to narrative driven can't see us because this is a uh, audio podcast not a video but john and i are both wearing our playing games with strangers shirts and that is largely my experience with um uh, tabletop role-playing games so when i started dming uh a couple years ago that was that's what i knew as a player so that's how i started dming and literally all of my players are not role players they are combat people so for me uh it's about finding balance I, I it took me a few sessions to really understand that i couldn't force my players to role play a lot like that could not be the primary way that we played D. 
So I've actually made the change of I will role play as the DM as much as possible. I so it's a little bit of forcing it, but it's not required. You know, I like to do voices. I like to create characters that my players interact with. And what I've what I've started to do is give a little bit of like DM inspiration to players that start to role play. And then I also give some inspiration to players who are doing something very clever in combat because I'm not a combat DM. So it's very much about finding balance and rewarding your players as well as rewarding yourself. If that makes any sense at all. For sure. Um, and what Dave said there is very spot on. That That is almost verbatim what I would recommend. Um, although I would go as far as to reiterate the unspoken contract, which is as a DM, it is your responsibility to make sure everybody at the table is having fun. Um, it, so I also am a very narrative driven DM. I, I just like stories. That's what I'm, that's what I'm into D and D for. Um, I have played with combat driven groups and it's my responsibility to make sure everyone's having fun. So, you know, um, my responsibility is first and foremost to the people at the table. So if they're in a different style of player than you are a DM, I would recommend venturing out into a new style and learning the craft on from a different angle you might find that you have fun with the uh, with the different style that your players have um there's nothing wrong with becoming a more well-rounded dm so um but you know in the same sense you can also bring your players around to make them more well-rounded players as well and incorporate interaction within your combat as well to bring out the role play because if everybody's having fun at the table, that also means that you're having fun at the table as well. Yeah. Um, another another little tip, um, if possible, which I, I would say this was not my plan, but I feel like it may have worked, although I haven't had a home game since this point. But if you can bring your DM into a game to run a session for your players, it basically allows your players to sit under that tutelage i guess uh for lack of a better phrase um they get to experience what you experience as a player but they get to play alongside you we did that john came and visited uh back in april of 2023 and he dm'd a couple of sessions and i got to play so i was in my comfort zone as a player but my players also got to see oh okay now i understand actually sitting at this table why Dave has this particular preference. And I will say having John sit at the table really opened up my players to going, you know what? Role play actually can be fun and it's not as awkward as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have anything to really respond to that with because it would seem <laughs> self-serving. So I'll just let that be the final comment on that question. Um <laughs> All right. So we have time for one more question. So we'll pull this one out. And I think Dave, that I, you, you might be the expert on this question again. Um, it says, I am new to DMing. What do I absolutely need to know before I come to the table? You absolutely need to know your players' names, your player characters' names, and 
how they're going to meet. Like session one, that's it. You don't need to know what the end of the campaign looks like. Um, you just need to essentially just have something fun to introduce everybody. Um, you don't really even have to buy books for most games at this point. Like a lot of games like D and D, um, tales of the valiant, uh, that we're switching to soon. Um, plus other role-playing games, they will have like a free starter pack essentially that you can download online and just know the basics of the rules, but understand that they can be broken to fit your play style. Uh, you don't have to play in a box. That's, that's the best advice I could give somebody, you know, don't go in blind. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, have, 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 have a solid foundation of where you want to start is always the best way to start a game. Um, on said visit to uh, where Dave lives, uh, when I was prepping, and I say prepping very lightly, uh, for the sessions that we played at Dave's house, um, and Dave can verify this, the only thing that I walked into that session knowing is where they were going to meet and the names of the characters and um, the backgrounds of all the characters. That was all the information I had. I had no idea what's what the story was going to be when I got into it. I didn't know what the bad guy was. I just kind of let the story go where it wanted to go. And that was one of the most fun session, couple sessions that I've done in a long minute. Granted, it was supposed to be a one shot and it turned into uh, a collaborative eight hours across two sessions. So mm -hmm. hmm, uh, maybe having a little bit more prep might make it a little bit more concise, but you know, nobody was complaining at the table. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, and always understand that the DM's rule is final. If somebody would like to contend against the rule, invite them to discuss it with you afterwards. And be open to dialogue and correction. However, un also understand that you you know you have the power of veto in every section in every condition. Um, and if if it turns out you say, "Oh yeah, I was right," you can say, "Okay, going forward, being as this this decision was made already, we'll we'll make the adjustment." Uh, but I can't retcon this. So right. your 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 decision is your decision. So, yeah, just I, again, it's that that unspoken rule of just make sure everybody's having fun. And that includes yourself. You, if you're DMing and you're not having fun, then something has to change. Yeah. You know, that's a quick way to burn yourself out. Yep. So that being said, Dave, where can people find you on the socials if you want them to find you on the socials? Or do you have anything you would like to promote? Oh, boy. Yeah, I. Uh, there should be a link tree link, uh, in the episode notes. I know Dallas tends to put that in there. Uh, I can't mm -hmm. remember right off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, those kind of things. Um, but I don't really have anything to promote. So I'll just promote playing games with strangers because I love it very, very much. And as for me, you can find all my numerous projects in the link tree below as well. Uh, I'm going to forego promoting anything of mine to say, go check out my buddy Branson Boykin's new podcast, uh, Solid House. It is a fantastic podcast worthy of your consideration on 
that being said, until next time, I'm John, he's Dave, and we'll catch you on the next game. Good night, everybody.